And we are back, the special New Year's edition year 2022. We're going to take a step back and look at 2021 and how uh, we made our progressions as a brand and as a coaching facility here at the gym. Uh, but I definitely want to shout out the sponsors first and foremost. We're also going to do a Q&A, just me, for the 2022 first episode. So I want to make sure that we get that done. But again, let's go to the sponsors real quick. We got BevoBarefoot.com. Now go ahead, check them out. Those are the shoes that I've been rocking on the YouTube videos, on my Instagram, VivoBarefoot.com. Uh, they've been hooking up the entire gym, all my athletes with shoes that are going to help with full foot functionality. Again, it's a minimalistic shoe that allows you to be functional, right? To strengthen up the feet, strengthen up the intrinsic muscles of the feet to allow you to produce more force, have power output, and then again, just be able to move like a true human, right? So a lot of times we get stuck in these, in these shoes that mold our foot in the wrong direction, in the wrong position. And so what Vivo has done is taken it back to the primal era where we able we're able to actually spread out our toes, splay out our feet, and use our foot as it's been intended to be used. Okay. Also, privacy.com. Privacy gives you control over who can charge you and how much. Create virtual payment cards for a one-time purchase or subscriptions directly from your browser. Okay, set spending limits, pause, unpause, and close cards anytime you want. Use privacy backslash fillderoo.com to check out more details on that. All right, now let's get into the podcast. All right, so every year I set up my own goals, right? That's a goal set for each year. I have a vision board that I like to put on and also make sure that I'm following along the lines of what I want to get accomplished throughout the years. Now, each year I do have a word that is supposed to subscribe or provide an understanding of what we're trying to accomplish and what we stand for for that particular year. Now, last year, was a resurrection year, right? We had 2021, we're coming off of 2020, obviously a huge amount of distraction, uh, stress for that 2020 year. Coming into 2021, we wanted to make sure that we grew out of that uh, phase and still tried to overcome any obstacles and come back from, you know, essentially the dead, right? And for that, I like to call it the resurrection year. Now, this year, however, is the ascension year is where we are going to rise above any situation and get better at what we've tried or been able to accomplish over the last 2020, uh, 2019, 2020, and 2021. So now is the year of ascending to new heights. So that's what we're going to be going for. All right. Now, the goals that I have in mind, again, we definitely want to increase value, right? We want to provide more information. We want to give opportunities to other individuals that are either coaches or young individuals, young men and women that need help. So that's why I decided to open up my own charity, right? We have the Warrior Shepherds Foundation or charity. That's a nonprofit to help disadvantaged youth, especially in the South Florida area where we grew up. And so I decided to utilize my skill set, utilize my abilities, my networking opportunities to uh, provide 
information to help these individuals get to a better position to understand what they want to accomplish and how to get there. Give them the goals and give them tactical and strategies to allow them to get to a new level of success and to live life like a productive citizen. Okay, so that's something that we are looking forward to. Now, I did say that I was going to do a Q&A and I am definitely going to do that. Um, so I'll get into some questions here and then we'll talk a little bit about what's uh, going to happen in the future um, from a Daru Strong standpoint. Anything that you guys want to see more of, just make sure you hit me in the DMs on Instagram or you can just send out some emails at philderu at phil at darustrong.com if you want to find out more details on what we have coming up. Now, the first question that I have here from Instagram is from Stephen Monroe95. Do you believe being a former fighter yourself gives you an edge over other SNC coaches? Now, in the past, I will say yes, it did, and I still believe it does to a degree. But I do know that coaches that understand the process, and they don't necessarily have to be a professional fighter, as long as they understand the biomechanics of the sport, they understand the physiology, right? The, just the overall science, the breakdown of what these athletes go through on a daily basis and what they have to do inside of, uh, of, the, of the fight itself is definitely going to put you in a better position to actually coach them, obviously, correct? The good thing is that when you're talking about buy-in, when you're talking about people of that nature trusting you into getting them to where they need to be that does definitely help with that so do you need to be a former fighter to be a coach um, in strength and conditioning primarily no I do believe that it is a great thing to have I think you should definitely train in the specific modalities of the sport whether that be jujitsu boxing kickboxing whatever have you so that you can understand the processes that go you know go about with the fighter inside of a camp, outside of a camp, whatever. Um, and then also going through a weight cut yourself, you know, and showing them that you actually can diet down and do this on your own as well. Um, one eliminates the doubt of the athlete trusting in you because they know that you know the process. And that's going to give you a better edge when, you, when you're talking about buy-in, right? But from a overall standpoint, you do not have to be a professional fighter or used to be a former fighter to strength and conditioning coach an athlete like that in that caliber okay next question i want to say akshay chaprafan i don't know uh sorry if i butchered your name man but so this is on instagram is that true weight training will increase boxers knockout power or heavy bag or heavy bag is enough um heavy bag training is not enough Heavy bag training is good for rhythm. Heavy bag training is good for some conditioning. Um, it's good to help with calcium buildup in the knuckles and the wrist. Um, it'll strengthen up your punch in that perspective as far as like not, you know, reducing the risk of, you know, breaking your hand or your wrist. Um, but as far as power, you need to train power with movements that have higher velocities with force production. So when you're talking about power, right, that's force times velocity. So you need to make sure that we have enough strength built up 
to allow us to create that force. And then we need to be fast enough to create high amounts of velocities to impose that power in that particular direction of a punch. Now, some people do have the gift of one punch knockout power. I'm not going to deny that. But you can increase your power production through specific training if you train those means, right? If you train your force production, if you train plyometric drills, uh, speed drills, dynamic effort work, that's going to help increase your power production. Now, I'm not saying that that's going to give you the ability to, to you know, knock people out with one punch, but it is going to increase your ability to uh, have power in your punches. All right, so next question, hope that helps. Okay, how, Warrior, Warrior ETO 25, how should I lift for combat sports? Ollie lifts or casual power building? I can't figure it out. So a lot of people cannot figure it out. That's why they pay me the big bucks, right? Um, but for the most part, all of that stuff will increase your abilities as a fighter, right? When you're talking about the weight room, that's a general approach to getting uh, specific means of athletic performance. So when I structure out a program, I go from general to specific. And for the most part, my goal is to allow them to be a better athlete. So I'm gonna get them in the weight room to get them stronger, get them faster, get them more explosive. And I'm gonna use tools like whatever it be, weightlifting, um, powerlifting, uh, even some bodybuilding techniques, and that's primarily just for um, accessory accessory work to build up the muscles that can support uh, the joints and can support movement, okay? I'm also going to use mobility drills, right? FRC techniques, functional range conditioning, right? I want to increase the capsulary space of each joint. That way I can produce more force in full ranges of motion, right? So these things are all tools that can be utilized. Just you have to put them in the right place at the right time and for the right person, Okay, so all of this is subjective per individual, right? You have to have the joint prerequisites to do certain movements. You have to have the athletic prerequisites to do certain uh, modalities of training and increase the methods over time once you become more efficient inside the weight room, all right? So make sure that you know the athlete, know yourself if you are an athlete, and then find out the ways that you need to approach your training. You also need to find out subjectively what are you trying to accomplish? What are your weak points? So self-awareness is key. That's where the assessment and the evaluation process comes into play. So first I need to evaluate. I need to indicate what I need to work on. Then I need to reassess based on the evaluation. And then I need to keep an actionable-based approach. So I need to have a routine that's going to be subjective for the individual responses that I need to get for whatever fight you're doing. Okay, so again, it goes back to specificity once you get closer to the fight. And then a lot of your training is going to be primarily inside uh, the cage or on the mats or in the ring. All right. So make sure that you take that into account. If you want to find out more details on how to actually program, I highly recommend you check out my mentorship program. It's a one time fee. You get access for life. And I go over all of my modalities, my protocols of training, um, the condensed conjugate model, everything there, plus assessments, the whole nine. So make sure you check it out. Okay, so my current split and training goals by Dev Kurt. Dev Kurt on Instagram asked me that. So my current split right now, I'm doing a four-day-a-week training, and primarily it's to get my body back to a non-stress state, right? I did a lot of training for triathlon. I've done training at a high-intensity level since I was seven, eight years old. Whether it be for football, all the way up to college sports, then as a professional fighter, and then going into powerlifting, 
going into strongman, going into triathlon training. So all this stuff that I've done is actually beat up my body and stress is systemic. So not only am I training hard, but I have to run a business. I have to be a full-time father, full-time husband, and I have to make sure that I'm giving my attention to those individuals that I love most. That's a lot of stress being built up, a lot of cortisol, right? So found out through Alan Kress, and you guys check out our podcast that we did. Uh, we found out that my stress levels were very high, obviously. My cortisol was through the roof. So we ended up getting a Dutch test, doing some blood work, and found out that I needed to decrease my training a little bit more, um, bring it down from more of a hypertrophy-based training uh, model. So you could call it bodybuilding in a sense, but I just call it health building, right? So for me, it's all about getting back to functional health, right? I want to make sure that, I'm, that I have energy, that I have a cognitive function, right, that I'm thinking clearly for my athletes, for my business, for this podcast, and everything else that it entails. So right now, my primary focus is to get healthy, is to stay in shape, obviously, and I'm increasing my calories over time. The reason why is because if I can increase my calories, I'll increase my ability to utilize those calories as energy as opposed to drinking massive amounts of coffee and bangs and all that other stuff that you shouldn't be doing um, on a daily basis. Now, I brought down the stimulants, I brought up my calories, and I've increased now over time my training volume, but it started off real low and now I'm increasing over time, like I said. So that's what it looks like. Um, it's a it's a four-day-a-week split. I have two days on, one day off, two days on, two days off. And then the the calories and the carbs are going to be matched around the workout times and also the training days. So if I have a, a training day, it's going to be higher calories, obviously. Non-training day, lower calories. But the calories are manipulated through the carb intake. So the carbs are going to be a little bit lower on the non-training days, a little bit higher on the training days. So as far as the breakdown goes, four-day-a-week split, and I'm doing four, three to four sets, roughly uh, six to 12 repetitions. The tempos are going to be dependent upon the intensities. Um, if I'm going to go a little bit higher intensities, I'm going to go actually lower in the volume. And I mean by intensity, I'm talking about rate of perceived exertion. I'm not talking about weight on the bar or on the dumbbells or anything like that. So more effort um, is being done, less intensity, higher volumes. So the rate of perceived exertion, depending upon what set it is. So the last set that I'm doing is actually going to be a RPE of 10, right? The two workup sets or the two working sets that are before the RPE 10 set is going to be around seven to eight. So I have a little bit you know, left in the tank for the first two sets. And then the last set, I go all out. All right. And I'm doing that pretty consistently, um, increasing the, the volume over time, also decreasing the rest intervals. So it's making it a little bit more metabolic in nature, um, especially for the smaller joint movements like biceps and triceps and stuff like that. All right. So that's what I've been doing so far. As far as conditioning, I'm still you know, doing some boxing training here and there, um, going for my walks and um, keeping it just real consistent with my diet. My nutrition is more important than anything right now. Uh, and my sleep quality is definitely important. So I'm still, you know, trying to maintain roughly around seven, eight hours of sleep. And I'm also getting an adequate amount of water and staying away from too many stimulants as well. Okay, so the next question is from Tyler Phillips. He wrote, how to maintain strength while trying to improve cardiovascular systems? So basically trying to improve your aerobic capacity or aerobic power while maintaining strength. Now, to maintain strength, 
you can work on dynamic effort. You can work on explosive power. You can do speed, uh, speed drills, things like that. And then every once in a while, you can go above 80 to 90% um, to maximize that strength adaptation. As far as building up your cardiorespiratory system, I think that's an important thing to have for recovery. So what I would do is on your day one, do some type of strength training above 80%. And then on the next day, you would do some type of aerobic capacity training, whether that be long, slow distance running, uh, list training, maffetone running, you know, somewhere in that degree. Now, I know that math running will say that, you know, you don't want to you don't want to do strength training at the same uh, phase as Mapitone running, um, but I've done it in the past and I've seen tremendous increases in my cardiorespiratory system, but I was also maintaining a lot of strength there too as well. So not so good when you're trying to build strength and build aerobic capacity, but it is good to maintain your strength. So like I said, you want to pick one day that's going to be dedicated towards your strength training and then the other day is going to be de dedicated towards building up the aerobic capacity. So like I said, you can do that either Either modality will work, whether you're running, rowing, biking, whatever. You just want to put yourself in the direct uh, heart rate range, and you want to make sure that you're creating more blood flow so there is no strain on the muscle, right? We want to increase the ability to increase our well, we want to increase our ability to take in oxygen, utilize it appropriately, and disperse CO2, right? That's going to help with blood flow. That's going to help with the heart beating more consistently and getting blood to the working tissue, and it also is going to help with the sustainability of your outputs. So doing that on an off day or on the second day of your training will allow you to at least, at the very least, maintain your strength and still increase your cardiorespiratory or cardiovascular health. All right, so first, I, I definitely want to tell you about like my own personal experience with privacy. Now, privacy.com, like I talked about in the intro video, um, was basically bit, you know for my own spending limits. Now, it puts a cap on our spending limits, whether it be for my son's Xbox, for Netflix, for my daughter and my wife. So it allows me to have peace of mind per se, right? And also benefits including like providing privacy to my account. I don't have to put my information out there. Those subscriptions are based upon what I put in from a spending limit and privacy takes care of that on their own debit card. You're gonna need a particular subscription that is going to allow you to utilize a debit card or a prepaid debit card, um, but everything else is, is, is on point, man. So I like to use it again for personal info being, um, protected and then also setting that limit man so they don't overspend and then i actually know what's going in and out of my account each and every month so i'm not getting overdraft fees or anything like that so there it is privacy backslash filteru.com go to privacy.com check it out i highly recommend it all right so another question i'm gonna leave this one anonymous but my wife and i have recently separated any advice to stay on track and avoid the vices I don't know what you're going through, brother, but I will say this. The one thing that will allow you to keep moving forward is to set aside all of the negative thoughts in your brain. Um, when it comes down to separation, I know that it's, it's very tough, especially when you're talking about someone that you truly love, um, not knowing exactly the full context of your situation. But what I can say is that finding something that truly makes you happy um, gives you an outlet to where you're not going to fall back into those negative situations, into those vices that's going to deteriorate your progression. So for me, I would look to find a way to dist distract my mind into thinking bad thoughts, 
if that makes sense. I want to make sure that everything that I do today is going to be productive. What I'm doing is I'm going to set aside my goals. I'm going to set aside a routine that allows me to be a better person, be a better man, and ultimately help you out in the long run where I don't know if you're ever going to get back with her or whatever the case may be. I do feel that it's important to work on yourself, right? Meditation can be very beneficial from a tactical standpoint, um, but looking at yourself from the inside out is definitely going to give you more of an understanding of what you need to accomplish and how you need to go about your days. Any setback in life requires you to take a look deep inside and evaluate the situation and who you are. So having self-awareness, understanding what the problem was in the first place. And then from there, you can go and reevaluate the process to get you back on your feet. So for me, I would say definitely start to reevaluate the situation, see what went wrong, but don't beat yourself up about it. You know, make sure that you stay positive, you know, have an optimistic mindset, glass is half full type of mentality. Keep on track. Like you say, stay on track. Keep on track with the things that you feel is most passionate to you. Provide an understanding to yourself and to whoever is looking to you. I don't know if you have kids, but whoever's looking to you for guidance, leadership, you have to be a beacon of that. You have to make sure that you can sustain your ability to lead appropriately. And that starts with you. So again, let's set some new goals. It's a new year. Let's take our time and keep on increasing your value each and every day. Learn something new, provide happiness to others, and ultimately can make you happy as well. So God bless. I hope that everything works out for you. Let me know. Uh, keep me in contact. All right, next question. What drives you to keep moving forward? Goals, mindset, family, etc. Well, all of the above, those are all good ways of thinking it, right? My mindset is indestructible in how I feel. Whether it's a setback here and there, I, I, I increase my value through the setbacks because I understand what went wrong. So I learn from the failures. I learn from those setbacks. I actually look forward to those setbacks, as crazy it may sound. Uh, but I know that with that setback, it allows me to grow and create higher value for myself. The goals that I have are set in stone. The deviations may come from my purpose or what I feel is more necessary. But for the most part, when I set something, when I have a vision in line, when I have goals that I need to accomplish that I know that are going to help me and my family and people that are around me that trust in me to get them to where they need to be, I make sure that I spend every waking hour on understanding where I need to go and what I need to do to accomplish those goals. Creating that routine is appropriate to keep moving forward and progress accordingly. My family is something that I hold in high regard. My religion, my faith is something that I hold in high regard. So with that, that's something that I always want to contribute each and every day to. Right? So when I'm learning, when I'm trying to grow, when I'm trying to teach others, I'm trying to make sure that I'm creating that value to allow myself to be in a better position every day and allow those people to be in a better position that look upon me for that help. So what drives me? I think that 
the only thing that really drives me, other than those things that you said, was my ability to sustain the outcomes that I put in place for myself and the vision that I have overall, whether it be five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, I wanna make sure that I'm always consistently going after the vision through the routine. And for that, it allows me to stay driven in that perspective. There's gonna be bumps around the road and there's gonna be undulation, there's gonna be ups and downs, I, I know that, that's, that's, that's a part of it, right? It's about getting up, conquering that, understanding why you fell and getting back up and keep moving forward as you go along this path, this journey on life. Because life is a journey, 100%. It's a game. You got to be able to play the game. You got to learn the rules of the game. And you got to freak it to make, it sh make sure that you know how to win the game. So there you go. Okay, another question. How do you further develop a warrior mindset? Now, let's take a step back and look at what that word actually means, warrior, right? Warrior, um, for me, you're looking at people that go to war, right? Those are the individuals that go to war, whether it be in the military, go to war in the streets, go to war in their mind. You know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of give and take in the world, and there's a lot of things that you're gonna have to go through on a daily basis that is gonna put you in that mind frame to where you're either gonna succumb to the circumstances, falter, face down, not get up, or you're gonna rise above the ashes, and you're going to succeed no matter the circumstances. As a warrior mindset would say, if I'm going to war, I'm going to be ready and capable of all things that come my way. Learning how to defend myself physically and mentally. Understanding the process. Understanding certain things that are going to allow me to add value to my day to day. Engulfing yourself in education and by, by that I mean not school, I mean education. And I know there's a quote out there that says, don't let school get in the way of your education. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the school system, but what I am saying is that I've learned more on my own. You can learn more through circumstances, learn more through experiences. You just got to know where to look and who to actually go to for guidance. Developing a warrior mindset is always understanding the process of evaluation, understanding the process of assessing, and formulating the strategy to allow yourself to go through those uncomfortable situations to get the goal accomplished, to win the war on your mind, to win the war of life. And I'm not disrespecting any military service whatsoever. I highly respect any man or woman that was in the military. My hat goes off to you 100%. You guys and girls are true heroes, but to develop a mindset that encapsulates what a warrior is, I do truly believe that you have to be ready at all times. And to do that, you have to prepare yourself accordingly. Seek knowledge, build your body up, strengthen your mind, strengthen your body, 
Meditate. Relieve stress. Take time to understand what you're doing on this earth and why you've been put here. That's going to allow you to evolve and grow into the individual that you should be. You've all been given talents. It's what you do with it is really what matters. So make sure that you create that skill set around the God-given talent that you've been given. And allow yourself to be great with that talent. Next question. Okay, so this question comes from Eric with two C's. Underscore Mena, M-E-N-A. What's the best way for someone to get your position, to get to your position as a coach? Uh, I get this all the time. For the most part, I know a lot of people want to be in in the position that I have, that I've been blessed to be in, Um, being able to coach some of the best athletes in the world, in my opinion, the most elite fighters in the world, and be around great people. And for that, I would say the only thing that I could tell you is, like I said in the last question, I utilize my talents, I increase my skill set, I have always learned and created more value through the knowledge that I've gained and I never stop learning. I always created that what we call a white belt mentality and you know that's been overplayed but that's so true, right? I increase the value through constant understanding and constant education and what I mean by that is research. Learning from people that have been there before, right? And then for that, it's also about knowing who to get in front of and when you get in front of them you showcase your abilities, right? So for the most part, I like to say, it's who you know that gets you in the door, it's what you know that keeps you in the house. So make sure that you follow that plan and you'll get to where you need to be. But it's funny though, it didn't take me overnight. I like to say I'm a 12 year overnight sensation. It's appropriate in this question because it's gonna take a long time if you really wanna get to where I'm at and sustain that. Some people have their 15 minutes of fame. Some people have, you know, that one guy that they've been able to coach and just takes them to the next level, you know. But for me, it's been a constant grind. And I don't really like that word grind, but if I can put one word on it, honestly, from the past eight to seven years, I've been putting my head down and moving forward and just doing what I need to do on a constant daily basis and things open up for you, right? The best things that happened to me, I didn't seek it. It just came to me based off of what I was doing already. I was consistently putting in the effort. I didn't overreach. I didn't want to try to get in a position. It came to me based upon what I knew what I needed to do. And what I needed to do was be the best coach that I could be every day and provide value to those individuals that look to me for that value. I hope that answers your question. Okay, we're going to go a little bit more on on the strength conditioning side now. We got Alex underscore Kistler. Which VBT device, that's a velocity-based trainer, do you use? And what is your uh, favorite test for measuring punch power? Um, So my velocity-based trainer of choice is always going to be GymAware. It's a nonlinear transducer. um, Attach it to the barbell. Um, with a cord and then also another 
great device that I like to use if I'm in big groups is the Flex monitor device, which is actually made by Gym Aware. So those two right there are top notch. With the Flex, it's a cap that you put on the end of the barbell. Um, it allows you to uh, basically test out your velocities, test out peak and power, uh, peak velocity, um, and also peak power. And then it also helps with big groups. Like I said, you can take the, the cap on and off quickly. Um, and then the pad itself sits on the ground. So there is no problem with lining up the, the cord. And that, I know that's a problem with some people, especially when you're trying to do different types of uh, movements and different planes of motion. Uh, the way I like to measure power production is through a, uh, a landmine throw. Or if you have a push band, you can do that with a medicine ball throw too as well. And then if you don't have any of those monitors, you can still measure from distance. So I like to do a rotational throw for distance or actually an overhead throw to the rear with a med ball for distance as well. So those are a couple of things that you can utilize to measure some of the punching power um, if you just have standard gym equipment. All right, so the last question is thoughts on the Anderson squat um, from underscore Aiden, Aiden X Miller underscore. Yes, I like the Anderson squat. I believe that the Anderson squat is good to increase your abilities as an athlete, um, especially when you're talking about rate of force development, um, decreasing that mini max or the weak point in a particular squat. Um, I also like to do it with pin presses, things like that. So basically what an Anderson squat is, is using safety pins in the rack at the bottom position and going from a straight concentric motion from the weakest position of your squat up into lockout. Now, you can do this for multiple reps, but again, the eccentric load is damn they're not there. So basically what you're going to do is you're going to come up from a static position, drive up concentrically, and then place the bar back down on pins and then repeat the process. Right, really good to do getting closer to the fights for me, for combat sport athletes, um, and then also do something where I'll take the weight from that static position and then I'll drive into pins. So you have an overcoming isometric in that mini-max range. So whether it be a quarter squat, um, right above lockout or right below lockout, I should say, and back down. And we usually like to do that in positions that are going to be conducive to the fight sequences. So it's an accentuation phase of training. Um, you can also do this with chains, with bands for accommodated resistance at the top. And then you're starting from that static position for the Anderson squat. So utilizing accommodated resistance with the Anderson squat is definitely going to help with uh, increasing compensatory acceleration throughout the range of motion, and then also getting stronger in your weakest position down below, whether it be a quarter squat or right above parallel, all right? So there you go. All right, so last thing I wanna leave you with is a quote um, that I feel is necessary for this new year, right? And understanding 2020 was definitely a hard year. I think 2021, people were starting to get back to it. Now we're starting to have some some more problems, right? There's, there's obviously more virus situations going on, less travel, uh, masks are coming back on again. I live in Florida, so we live in the great state of Florida where we don't really see a whole lot of that. But I know everywhere else around the world, um, it's been hard. But for the most part, I always like to say, you know, you want to minimize your risk. You want to minimize your risk, increase your value, diversify your skill, to set you aside and leverage the market. 
hedge your assets, and be well-versed in all commodities that are going to allow you to be successful. So make sure you're able to do multiple different things. Increase your skill set through multiple facets. It allows you to pivot if necessary, but stay on course for the ultimate goal. And what our ultimate goal is to establish ultimate happiness. So increase your freedom, increase your wealth, and increase your mind, and you'll be good to go. 2022, the Ascension year. Let's do this, y'all. Thanks again for watching. Make sure you subscribe, all right? Also, hit me up if you have any questions on DM or email, and I'll see you guys next time. Peace.